It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Here we go. The season is underway. We have a week under our belt. And, you know, Joe, I got to say, a lot of times I feel like I see a couple games, then I go off to my football state championships and feel disconnected and like the season hasn't really started yet. But I feel like the season really started after last week. Uh, it was quite a start. Um, it was at two big, crazy events. So uh, I- I'm raring to go here. How-, how was your Thanksgiving week? It was a great exhibition season. <laughs> my uh preseason games everybody if anybody pays attention to my i know i thanksgiving tournaments were good they're good they're necessary but i just never want to take too much stock into a mic mike is you're a little more reactionary than i am yeah but, i got I, I yeah i like to but I, uh yeah it's uh, when you see players that you didn't know could do anything do something <laughs> I don't think yeah and i also yeah. i also do think it's a little slightly different there's like two things one you have kind of put it to bed for a while after the season's over where i'm like sitting here watching over and over some of these kids like 15 25 times to the point where sometimes i'll actually <laughs> like oh, i i feel like a I'm overlooking a kid because I've seen him so much. Whereas he's just, he's kind of new to somebody else. So you kind of got to remember like the off season is still the off season and it's not as high profile in terms of, you know, some of these kids. So, um, but no, I, I, it was good. It it, it was good. It it, it was, which is one of my takes coming up here. We'll we'll get back to our two takes. Uh, As we talk about that, I think we're going to do Mike's got two takes. I've got two takes. I'm going to go. And then, and then we're going to break down a little bit of the Thanksgiving week and also a look ahead as uh, Mike is back with us. Football is gone, done, over. And we Mike... go that far, Joe. I, I still well, have you gotta... players. All right, some, some, some loo- <laughs> yes. loose ends, Michael, tie yeah. up. Loose but, ends uh... tie up this week. But other than that, we're back. I Yeah, I, I think you have to admit, though, just throw the basketball out the window. Um I felt like before COVID, I couldn't find a good Thanksgiving like event or thing to go to other than that yeah. Wednesday night. I always went to HF versus Marion because it was a fun rivalry thing. It was just, it was a nightmare week. It was empty gym. I, I agree. And that's, you know what? Well, you can expand on that when I get my first take taken okay. care of. Uh, I, I'm going to jump into that. And I don't know if I was lucky or. You know, between taking in a couple of games on streams and seeing big crowds and the ones basically that Mike was at and I wasn't at, um, and at the games I was at, I, I don't know if, I, if that was across the board over the entire state, Chicago area, I don't know. Man, there was some really good Thanksgiving tournament crowds. And that leads to what you were talking about, where it just kind of seemed like, you know, it was... It, it, it had an exhibition feel back in pre-COVID and those it was just kind of lingering and kind of get through it and 
but you're right. You know, the, the, the big event that Chicago Heights, uh, a classic and, and the opening week and, and, and no, no dis- disrespect to it. It wasn't as good as it's been in the past. So that one kind of not fluttered, but I mean, it did take a backseat a little bit to some other things that were going on, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I saw some great crowds, um, that, that kind of, you know, energized me. There was a fantastic crowd up at Loyola for, for, um, you know, that great double header on Wednesday that I saw there was a really, I, I caught two games and two different gyms on Friday that had great crowds. The West Aurora Spiegel East game. Yeah. I saw a picture of that. Yeah. The, the yeah it, it was a yeah. great crowd. Uh, now they come back around and play on Tuesday night again, which kind of stinks, but you know, I, I, I Riverside Brookfield Curie had a great crowd. So it it was it didn't it didn't have the feel in terms of the environment of a Thanksgiving tournament. Now again, I don't know if that was you know, those are some good teams playing in local areas, you know, RB at home, Loyola, you know, New Trier at home. So it just lent itself to but you know, for to get the students out, that's what the thing that stuck out with me the most. I mean, Loyola New Trier, Mike, had a ton of students on a Friday after th- or on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You know, Oswego East and and particularly West Aurora had a ton of students. RB had a ton of students. So that is the biggest change I saw. I I, I haven't seen student sections at Thanksgiving tournaments. Yeah, no, no uh, doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's you know my first take is just kind of the 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 recharge energy that I saw in Thanksgiving tournaments. Now that we're really post COVID. You know, so and then my second take, Mike, is I, 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 I was looking at it. I was working on the preview on the Chicago Elite Classic. And just prior to, you know, our podcast, recording our podcast, I saw a tweet that you put out that I'm paraphrasing something to the fact this is your favorite Chicago Elite Classic lineup. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't. It's interesting if Mike and Joe are in the minority on this. I don't think we are. But if anybody's paid attention over the last decade, the Chicago League Classic has been a monster event here in our area. Tyrone Slaughter and Robert Smith, the coaches at Young and Simeon, respectively, have just really done a great job building this event. And they started out with a bang the first year, bringing in, you know, that was in the Jaleel and Jabari days and, uh, bringing in big time national names and talent and programs. And then we had the great Lone Peak team that I fell in love with. And, you know, it was just a national, it was, it was truly a national event with some Chicago powers mixed in, often playing the out of state teams. Well, if you really examine and look at it, this year is completely different. There are a lot less national teams coming in there are fewer big names individual players which whether it was jason tatum in the past or you you, you name it uh raw alkins i mean there's a number of guys but this one is really chicago centered in terms of chicago area catholic league public league suburbs city uh some rivalries mixed in with oak park and and fenwick which has kind of been a staple but the and we're going to talk preview a little bit later, but I am excited, more excited for this event than I've been 
in years, uh, particularly those Saturday games that we'll go over towards the end of the podcast. And I, I, I just, I, I, I'm just interested, Mike, if the crowds are different. That's my big is the shift because it's a it's a significant shift if you look at that lineup in comparison yeah. to other years. Uh, I mean, have we had a huge monster? I'd have to go back like big time top five teams facing each other in that event ever. Just the Simeon versus Young thing, usually. Yeah. That, that's usually the big. Then there'll be well, like a secondary one that's okay, but top four all facing one another. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty That's pretty right. great. Um, yeah. And a nice mix of, you got it all. You got suburban teams, CPS, and a Catholic League team. Yeah. No, I just, it's uh, it, it's something that I've always looked forward to every year, but this year, uh, without question, I second your, and I can't remember what your tweet read. I just saw it. Yeah, it, just, it's definitely my favorite lineup. I, I mean, I could, you know, pick faults with anything. And as you were talking, I did come up with my one fault. The, the only thing I wish, I wish uh, Cam Christie and Rolling Meadows was here. You know, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like Max Christie and Rolling Meadows never had a moment in the city. You know, and, and yeah. that was largely because of COVID, you know, and right. now I, I feel like Cam Christie isn't really going to either so that would be my um only issue uh is that we don't get to see the second first or second best player in the state um yeah my only issue ever with this event is and it kind of is my thanksgiving beef is i just never like big time games in november early december i just I don't think the teams are, well, they're not, I, not, I think, I know they're not. They're not at their peak. Uh, you know, like Simeon, did, is that their first game? No, they, you know, that's a big change. I think that's going to help. They got two games this week. Okay, before. that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I just, I would love for this event to be two weeks later. I would love it to be December 17th or something like that. I, I think um, you're, I think that's a really good point. And I think that might make this year's better. Is that in the past? Uh, it's usually been the first game, often for Young and Simeon, and that was like right. our, our biggest game. The of the four teams, the two games only Simeon won't have played a really big game already, so that should hopefully help the quality, you know, of the basketball. Yeah. Rita Kenwood and Joey West have all had big tests already. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that is true. That helps. Um, but again, just the practice time, the games getting. That's why I love those shootouts in January and. Uh, in the Christmas, it seems like Christmas tournament time is like when we really, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, okay. Oh yeah. We really, we really see where we're getting now. Um, but I mean, it's just the way the calendar works and that's how it is. Yeah. We're getting more good matchups now than we used to, you know, with the way the, the IHSA schedule change, you know, it's given a lot more games and it's created kind oh, of fluid schedules and stuff. Yeah. It's changed it completely. I mean, yeah. 31 games. I, I, I mean, it's, I mean, there's coaches that talk about, you know what, maybe we only play 29, maybe only play 30, and but most of them filled them up. But that that, that is a significant change uh, and has created just these opportunities, you know, and, and we still have our staple, our events that, you know, two or three of them that kind of draw the biggest games and the biggest teams. But uh, we're seeing just, I, I mean, to your point, Prior to Christmas, this is the most higher high at profile games, maybe ever. 
Um, when you count what we saw last week, what we see coming up this weekend, obviously the the Team Rose deal is is always kind of a, a good event in, in December. But yes, and then Simeon and Young are playing December twenty third, I think. Yeah. So there's there's just more prior to Christmas time than than we've ever had. Looks like uh, the Ridgewood shootout's gone, unless it moved weekends, but it's not scheduled for Sunday, which. It's like it went out on top with that Glenbard West Glenbrook oh, South yeah. game. That was like its peak. I thought yeah. it was back, but yeah, it's you know that's an exhausting event for me on Sunday after the Chicago League Classic. So I can't say I'm like sad. I I hate it. all Sunday events. Exactly, and Sunday stinks. But but man, they just hit their peak, and then now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I was but, a little surprised. Let's, let's uh let's get to your two takes. Um. First off, I'm going to start out with uh, going to hit the two big games I saw. I want to go in depth on them. The first one is Kenwood and Young. It was at uh, McGrath Phillips Arena, and to Joe's point, and I mean, forget it is super rare to have students at Thanksgiving games, but it's even more rare to have CPS schools bring huge suburban-sized standing student sections. And that's what Cameron Young did all of last season. And they did it literally on the first night of the season on what was, I believe, a $20 ticket. <laughs> Not cheap. Um, they brought it in that just 20 for the students. I, I couldn't find out if there was different for students. Nobody thought it was. I thought it was just 20 bucks for everybody. I could be wrong. Um but yes, it was, it's not a cheap ticket and the place was, was nearly packed and oh my gosh, it was fun. Um, you know, I, I guess Kenwood won Isaiah green drove the lane scores at the end to win it. Um, it was back and forth kind of the whole time. Uh, it was a wild game. There were a lot of turnovers and, you know, a lot of missed shots and, you know, kind of typical first game thing. Uh, Dalen Davis, didn't have a great game, missed a lot of shots. He has his normal game. Young probably pulls it out. Um, but I, I was very, I'm going to go with Young first. Um, I, I think they are kind of who we thought they would be, except I was really impressed by the supporting cast. They're much deeper. And, and these guys, I mean, supporting cast is a little derogatory. I mean, they're going to be big time players for Young this year. And I just like them a lot more than I expected to. Uh, Sean Brown is the kid I'm thinking of uh, the most. He he really impressed me. He, he's just a junior. He doesn't have your traditional, you know, basketball stud body. <laughs> it doesn't pass the look test, Sean Brown. But man, he can do it all. Uh, I'm very impressed with him. He's going to be an excellent high school player for them. And, and just a load of other guys. I, I really liked what I saw from Whitney Young. And the big issue we thought was going to be rebounding. And Daniel Johnson went down there and acted like he'd been a top level rebounder his entire high school career against a, a large Kenwood team. So I thought that was a great sign for young going forward. And yeah, I don't know. It, it was, I, I'm not sure. And Tyron Slaughter after the game, he was not, you know, he can go either way after a loss. He, he was all right. I think he probably agreed that he saw a lot he wanted out of his team. They didn't pull it off. It's the first game of the year and on conference, who cares? But he saw some young kids step up and play well. And I think it's really bright. There's a lot to work with for a program that we, we've seen how they, you know, get better throughout the three, four months of the season. Yeah, they're going to progress. I mean, I, I think they're going to go as Dalen Davis goes, though. And if Dalen Davis isn't, I love Dalen Davis. I think he is going to be, you know, one of the elite premier players in the state who did not play at that at that type of level in the opening night. 
And, you know, I think that's they're in that game to the end with their best player not having his best game. Um, I, you're, t- I mean, everybody read the, has read the quotes and the, the, the rivalry part of it. Um, I, I, I tend to agree that it's not a rivalry, but what, I was just, what, what are your own personal thoughts? When I go up to a player after the game and he says they were basically calling us trash, so we showed them <laughs> we aren't trash. I don't need anybody to tell me if it's a rivalry or not. <laughs> that's a, that's a rivalry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get the, the young point of view, you know, uh, that yeah, maybe I guess I, I, the bears. I, this bears I, I, I'd have to go in the history books and I, I guess how many big matchups have they had? Have they had more than a handful? No, it basically started last year. Well, I mean, they had they played they did it at Proviso West a few years ago, right? Remember, they had a big game at Proviso West last year, the title game. Um, there wasn't. I thought there was one prior pre-COVID, like even with that. No, no, because Mike's for Mike Irvin's first season was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's just. I don't know. I this th- th- that game, and then I'm going to lead into your next take a little bit but you mentioned missed shots <laughs> I, what were the shooting do you t- you're the stat guy yeah i've got i actually just sent them to someone a second ago i think dalen davis was like two for 14 the shooting percentages happen, the uh, shooting percentages young uh, was 19 of 45 and kenwood was 17 of 41 Mm-hmm. Um, the big one is Young was two of sixteen from three, so they missed yeah. fourteen three pointers. Is a lot of threes to miss in a high school game. Kenwood was yeah. pretty good; they were six of fourteen. I mean, I anticipate these two playing again, and when they do, it'll be even a it'll be a much better game. <laughs> we could have three city tournament, proviso title, and state playoffs. Yeah, and I'm guessing for sure proviso. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the field, but I'm guessing those two will probably come close to rolling into the title game. I haven't looked at that field though, but in recent uh, years. Ken Kenwood now um and this is maybe one of the things you talked about. See, I'd never seen Jaden Smith play well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd barely seen him play. So that was fun to see. I thought he had a really nice game. You know, the numbers aren't huge, but it was a, just a 40 point. Each team just scored 40. So he had seven points and seven boards um, and he hit a nice jumper, you know, that I hadn't seen. So that, that was encouraging. And I think the most encouraging thing for Kenwood's season is that Tyler Smith and Isaiah Green, two guys, very talented, very experienced in high school basketball, but had not played in one of these high-level public league clashes. They both came out with completely no fear, especially Tyler Smith early. He kind of ran the game in the first quarter, and then it was Isaiah Green who stepped up and got the winning bucket in his first ever public league game. That's not – I've seen some really great basketball players struggle you know, to get their kind of feet under him in these kind of wild public league games. So that was a great sign, I think, for Kenwood. Um, they didn't get kind of what they wanted out of some other guys. It was a rough night um, for Alex Alston, the highly touted sophomore, and a rough night for Kelvin Robbins, and Chris Riddle is still hurt. But the other kid I wanted to mention was it was kind of just a brief 
shot in the arm in the third quarter, but Noah Mister, the freshman for Kenwood, came in. He hit a three. He hit another bucket, and he looked the part. It was very um, Charlie Moore freshman. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> knows he know he knows how to play. I mean, that's yeah. he, he really knows how to play. He's 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 a pint sized guard, but he 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 really really knows how to play. And I, I think on paper, and I don't know how this was gonna translate or how it's going to play out in the next three plus months but i kenwood has the most talent of any of any team in the in the state of illinois and and i don't think there's a debate now it doesn't mean they're gonna win it doesn't mean they're gonna beat everybody it doesn't mean and I, but from top to bottom that roster i with those additions the two guards you just mentioned that came in as transfers and we haven't even mentioned day-to-day games uh, it, it is just an absolutely loaded roster with size, athleticism, and some dynamic scoring ability in that in the backcourt. Yeah, Ames was the leading scorer in the game. He had 14, and he just totally looked the part. Very efficient, too. He was 4-7 from the field, 2-3 from three. Actually missed a couple free throws, which he doesn't usually do. So he totally lived up to um, his lead guard status. And I think Kenwood needed this win more than Young. You know, Young's used to dropping for, for sure. Yeah, right. Okay, I think it really could propel Kenwood to some success this season to get kind of good mojo early, um, with the yeah. group. Uh, anything else you got on the? Oh gosh, should I mention? I, I okay, I resisted tweeting it, but we'll talk about it briefly on No Shot Clock. Um, oh my gosh, the Whitney Young sophomore team. <laughs> I think I might have texted Joe you about it, Joe. It was well, I was kind of forced to watch it because it was in between the two varsity games uh, and right before Young Kenwood. And I don't want to go too off the handle, but it, it's definitely the Young sophomore team is one of the best sophomore teams I've ever seen. And they're all freshmen basically playing, and it was their first game, I think. So yeah, I, we, yeah, <laughs> that freshman class is is loaded at Young. Uh, they're some of the best freshmen in the state of Illinois. Period. And, um, you know, if you look at, you know, some of the powers that be in the, in the public league, you know, like young versus Simeon as an example, I mean, young has positioned themselves nicely going forward, uh, with that freshman group. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you look, you know, young takes a lot of heat for the transfer thing and you know, Daniel Johnson's from Fenwick and, um, Dimaje Richardson's going to play a role on this team and he's from Kenwood, but I mean, there's not. A ton, I don't think there's any other transfers, and with what they've got coming in the future, you know, young. I think I've, ta- I've, I've, yeah, I've talked about this though before, Mike. It's, it's not of all the programs, they have less transfers than I think people realize. I, I know they got a the, the reputation of that, but it's it's not exactly yeah. true. Far less than Kenwood and Simeon these days. Oh, yeah, yeah for no sure. Doubt. That's a good point. I, I guess I, yeah, I hadn't really come around to that until recently yeah, all right if you go if you go through all the high profile transfers especially there there, there there's you can count them on one hand over tyrone slaughter's years all right the uh next one i, I guess let's go it's Joliet west st Reed we want to talk about but uh before i get into the nitty-gritty i'm just going to take you through my uh <laughs> was it tuesday night i go down to washington and uh Joliet west plays um cardinal ritter at night uh it was it was a horrible game for them. Uh, it, they were bad. Um, Jeremy Fears Jr. got fouled out with a technical, which was ridiculously idiotic, just yapping at 
some Cardinal Ritter kid on the way to a timeout gets ejected from a close game with like a minute 30 left in the fourth quarter. I mean, how do you do that? It was unbelievable. It was so much flash and style and showtime with zero production. At one point, I resisted tweeting that the first five minutes of the game, Juliet West literally wanted to humiliate their opponent with style moves and hadn't scored a basket. I mean, it was bad. I was in panic, basically. And, I, you know, they gutted their way through and they won. You know, Justice McNair stepped up big in the overtime. Um, a lot of the non-star players did Jaden Martin did it and they got that win, but they didn't deserve it. They didn't play well. It, it just felt bad for the season. So then it's the next day and it's St. Rita thought they played Joy West played a very good first half. And I thought it was a good first half for both teams. Good fun game. Then the third quarter, St. Rita just asserted itself. There was nothing Jolia could do with their size. The big boys played well. And it, at that point, you know, in my mind, we got a really disappointing win that I just didn't like how they played at all against Cardinal Ritter. Now we're being outclassed. Jolly West has been outclassed by St. Rita in the third quarter, down 14. And then, oh my goodness, it, it, it was kind of unreal to watch the, the way they chipped away. Uh, I wrote about it and I mentioned it probably on Twitter, but Jeremy Fears Jr., anybody who's been around a while, if you used to see those games where Jalen Brunson would win it for Stevenson, when he just slowed the game down into like his personal world and everything was going to be what he wanted. That's exactly what Jeremy fears jr. Did. And it's how Joliet got back into that game. And by the last two minutes, it was almost kind of in hand. You knew the way it was going. There was not much Rita could do about it. So it was kind of a, a fascinating up and down for a, a Joliet for Joliet West people through that. And you come out so confident at the end, but man, it was not that way for, you know, three out of the, what they, Wait, six out of the eight quarters down there it was kind of a mess. So, yeah, it, it was a wild game. I, I know Joe watched a lot of it. And it wasn't a great watch for, for you, right, Joe? Yeah, again, but I see, again, I don't, I, I, I kind of come to expect it I, I, at this time of the year. I just, games aren't clean. Even the games I was at uh, outside of those in Washington were not crisp, clean games. I saw one maybe two, two good separate halves of what I would call quality, really good basketball. The turnovers, I, I mentioned the missed shots, young Kenwood. Turnovers, I, I I remember texting Mike during the game, which, Mike, I don't think you said you had a very good reception. I have nothing. Or... Yeah, I couldn't tweet. It was crazy. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I just jokingly just asked, I hope you're keeping track of turnovers. Uh, at that point, you, you had an enormous amount uh two, yeah, they three were in the quarters. 20s, both of them yeah uh they, we were at like, like 40 turnovers combined but then it just shut down when kind of when fears stepped up and took the game yeah, over. And, and yeah i guess my, my point is that is aesthetically is not the most pleasing watch um when a team is when, when you're talking whether you're talking 37 percent shooting 42 percent shooting in a game or 20 plus turnovers in a game throwing it all over charges offensive fouls bad shots i it's just i, I that's what i mean i just want to get i mean they've got to be played and i like that they are playing high profile games and i think of any ranked team 
I'm writing about it here in a, in a weekend wrap up thing of Thanksgiving tournament uh, action. I, I think Juliet West put the, the, together the toughest tests of any ranked team in the first week. Uh, in addition to the games you mentioned, they also played Metamora, which is a class 3A finalist a year ago with almost everybody back. And their one loss was to an out-of-state team. But I, I, um, I again, I come back to, and I wrote it in my, my fearless forecast, St. Rita can have a very good season without winning a state championship. But again, you come away. I don't know if you did, Mike, but when's that Rita moment coming? And and, and it doesn't have to come at Thanksgiving time. I'm not saying that. But it was not a great-looking game by St. Rita, and they're going to have another opportunity coming. Well, they have plenty of opportunities at high-profile events, but then I start looking at their schedule, and they got a a lot of town games. And so... For us to see them locally in state, now they'll have a lot of battles in the Catholic League, but um, you know, when, when, when's that moment gonna come? I, you know, tomorrow night or sorry, tomorrow, <laughs> Saturday night against Simeon. <laughs> Will it come? Uh, could be it. it. It could be it. Very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be the biggest moment they could have in the regular season, right? Correct. So you know, and, and again, they're they're. I wrote about this in that piece. You know, they're 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 young, but they're experienced. You know what I mean? They yeah. they're juniors, but they've been through a grind now uh, of a season. They they've played on high, on a very big platform, and and summer AAU ball. Uh, now it's just kind of coming together and rising and meeting that expectation. Th- and that's exactly it. It's the coming together. Uh, it looked like a team when things went bad it looked like a team that didn't know how to get out of it together. And, you know, Noyes Intersitis did try to step up there. Um, it didn't seem totally natural yet uh, with, with that group, but it very much like the Dalen Davis game. He just had a rough shooting night. He was four of 17 and that's not going to happen maybe again all year. <laughs> so it, I don't think that's much to worry about for St. Rita. There were some absolutely massive statistics in the St. Rita Joliet West game. Um, the first one is something I'm not sure I've ever, I'm almost positive. I've never in all of the high school basketball games I've kept score for in my life. Uh, I always do halftime stats. I've never seen a team with 31 rebounds at halftime. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> um, Wolf Nelson uh, used to, to me, it's famous, but I remember him telling me, Basically, the most important thing to him is if he gets 40 rebounds, there's almost no way he's going to lose. <laughs> he's like, you can have whatever. If you get 40 rebounds in the whole game, he's like, you're not going to lose. <laughs> and they got 31 you, and a half. You recall the offensive rebounds? Do you, no, I don't. Yeah. I cannot differentiate. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. There were a lot. They In the game, they had 49. But, but that was the interesting thing. In the first half, it was 31 to 14 rebound advantage which is crazy because it was just a four-point lead for St. Rita. I mean, I, that's nuts. But in the second half, rebounds were tied, 18-18. to 18. Julia West somehow evened that up with them, um, w- which was huge. And then this stat, the Julia West stat, that's remarkable. Um, in the game, they were 25 of 27 from the free throw line. Hmm. I mean, that's what won. I think they made that's 20. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, I think they made 20, 
two consecutive. Um, they only missed one in the second half, and that was when the game was well in hand. They were kind of messing around celebrating. But, I mean, that's going to be key for them. You know, if they continue to make free throws like that, because you can't stop the Fears brothers from getting to the basket. So it, that's going to be tough. Um, I will say about St. Rita, I, I liked what I saw from, you know, uh, Worthington. Uh, what is it? Worthington White. I liked what I saw from Worthington White and some of the other guys. It's just clear, you know, they're going to need some time to gel together. But the big boys are producing at a high level. And they're not, if for fans who haven't seen them yet, they're not these bigs that we're waiting to see emerge. They're monsters <laughs> right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be about the guards getting together. Um, for Joliet West, Drew King was a revelation. He started a few games last year as a sophomore. He's a 6'9 junior now. I guess he, He's taken basketball seriously for the first time. He played AAU for the first time. And wow, he was a rim protector for them. And he was doing it against the best bigs in the area. So that's going to be just a huge shot in the arm for them. Julia West has gone from a small team in my mind to a team with two good bigs, uh, which is going to do a lot. And just as McNair is taking things to a next level. So uh, you couldn't, as Joe said, it couldn't have been better for Julia West. The team they lost to won it all too. It was that Lanier Georgia team. They were the champs. Well, and, don't underestimate. I mean, they're taking their time with getting Melvin Bell back, but he oh, is yeah. a huge, huge piece for San Rito. Exactly the kind of player they needed too. Kind of in that game, he would have been massive in that game. You know, they either had guards or they had big men. There wasn't really kind of the slasher, you know, type. And obviously, he can do that. All right, let's um take a look at the week ahead, real quick, before we jump into quickly to the. Uh, Tuesday night, Joe mentioned the West Aurora Oswego East game. Also, Glenbrook South. Their Titans have not gone away. <laughs> They're at Rolling Meadows, and we have a uh, Simeon's debut. They're going to host Thornwood and Morgan Parks at Brother Rice. Wednesday, I might go up to Dundee Crown, Joe, to see Crystal Lake South. Mm. Uh, also, Antioch Deerfield. It's kind of a slow day. Thursday, we got Fenwick at De La Salle. Kenwood at Lindblom, Simeon at that new Phillips gym. That's Simeon's second game. Hyde Park at Longwood, who's a team worth keeping an eye on. Then Friday, before we get to the Elite Classic stuff, it's a loaded Friday. All around the area, there's a good game any part of the area you're in. Glenbrook South is at Evanston. Notre Dame, St. Pat's. Uh, Westinghouse, Clark. Hillcrest at Oak Lawn, who is one of the really eye-opening teams. This yeah, that's the one. That's the one I'm really intrigued with. Oak Lawn, you know. But, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. 4-0 start. Uh, Thornton at Bloom, uh, Romeoville at Joliet West. So uh, an interesting local matchup for Joliet West on the Friday before uh, the Chicago Elite Classic. And then at the Chicago Elite Classic on Friday night, we got Lane and Taft. Taft had a decent start to the season. Uh, I saw a close loss to a good team. Uh, Oak Park at Fenwick. And then the headliners should be a good one. Bennett at Riverside Brookfield. Then Saturday, we're going to start things off in the at Chicago Elite Classic with Hyde Park versus Uhai. Uhai has a good player. And then I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Then it's Mount Carmel against North Lawndale. The caravan stumbled. And North Lawndale played some good teams close. That should be a good one. Uh, Team from Washington, D.C., Gonzaga against St. Ignatius. Then Curie against St. Louis Fashan, the power. And then Whitney Young is playing a team from D.C., I think. Maryland. Uh, Maryland, yeah. And then the two big ones. uh, With the rest of our time, let's see what we can do with this. Um, Simeon, St. Rita. What do you think, Joe? Well, the thing that jumps out and is you don't get this very often in high school basketball where you have four, six, eight, six, nine <laughs> yeah. kids on the floor together. 
you know, Miles and Wes Rubin, both, you know, Division One, Loyola, Northern Iowa. You got Merez Johnson going to Illinois, and then you got James Brown, one of the best uncommitted juniors in the country. So that is going to be a battle within the game that I am interested in watching because you do not get to see it very often in high school basketball. Uh, you know, Simeon is Simeon. And we just mentioned St. Rita. It's, it's it's a perfect opportunity to really steal some thunder uh, from from the public league, from from the, the teams we've been talking about for 20 years and kind of show, all right, we've arrived. And, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on them <laughs> saying that this this is by no means a must game, but it is a pretty important one for them in terms of kind of solidifying themselves of who they are and what who they want to be. Yeah, and, and I feel like even, okay, let's say Simeon wins at a three at the end. I feel like that's still pretty good for Rita. You know, yeah, if, I, if it's I, a good I, game. Yeah, that, that's right that you just said. Yeah, I, I want to see it be a game with that's high level. Yeah. Not a ragtag, foul, plague, turnover. I want to see a really good basketball game where they play at a high level. And, you know, I, I again, I, we'll, we'll see because sometimes the bright lights and, and the, the big floor and the arena, and we've had some bad games in that event we just have um, where people did not kind of play at their level that I, that we, we had come to expect. Should be fun. Caden space. Boy, it'll be an interesting one for him. Transfer from St. Rita to Simeon this year. And then the nightcap, which is supposed to start at nine, but Oh boy, who knows what time that'll actually be tipping off Kenwood against Joliet West. Um, I don't know. Two teams coming off huge wins in the opening week of the season and it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, just if Julia West can do it again, can play at that high level necessary. The Metamora game gave me some confidence, but this is going to be kind of a whole new ball of wax against the public league team. Yeah, a different style than a Metamora, obviously. Yeah. And it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty frantic up and down, a lot of pressure attacking. Uh, and opposite of what we kind of talked about, we're going to see some backcourts that, that are pretty dynamic. Uh, with Darren Ames and, and and Jeremy Fierce Jr. and Jeremiah, and so that's that that's why it's that's why that one's going to be a lot lot of fun to watch. Keep an eye on the Fierce brothers and their foul trouble. Julia West turned that game against St. Rita around because the Fears were not in foul trouble late, and they were able to get extremely aggressive on the St. Rita guards, and the turnovers are what led to everything. Now that aggression. If they use it too early has gotten them into the foul trouble and fouling out of games, but they, they were much smarter about it against St. Rita. That's something we've seen Simeon do the last couple of years when they had those the three good guards waiting, you know, until late in the game to turn that on. And hopefully that's something Joliet West has realized because that was very much key to that win. So watch that during the first half. If the fears brothers are picking up fouls in the first half, that's not going to be a good sign. Let's just hope the best Chicago league classic that we uh, have set and envisioned our head turns out to be that. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back here next week talking all about it. The season is underway. It should be fun. Enjoy the week of basketball.